Welcome to another episode of NAC Health Center News. I'm Marisol Murphy-Ballantyne. Most of us know someone with a substance use disorder, and some of us may have lost a loved one to substance misuse. Addiction is prevalent in communities across the country. According to a recently released U.S. Surgeon General report, Addiction has created a major public health challenge, with over 27 million people in the U.S. reporting the use of illicit drugs or misuse of prescription drugs, and over 66 million people reporting binge drinking in the past month. Substance misuse takes an enormous toll on families and communities and increases the cost of health care. On the ground, addressing substance use disorders every day are community health centers like Fenway Health in Boston. Fenway is a traditionally LGBT-focused FQHC, serving about 30,000 patients. Today, in the second podcast in our Health Centers and Addiction series, we are talking to Fenway Clinical Psychiatrist and Associate Director of Education and Training Programs, Dr. Alex Karoglian, about addiction among the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. Addictions are... a big problem within the LGBT community. The prevalence of substance use disorders in the general U.S. population is thought to be approximately 9%, and depending on the study you look at among LGBT people, it's 20 to 30%. This is thought to occur in the context of sexual minority stress and gender minority stress, the idea that people developmentally live with everyday external stigma-related stressors like discrimination, victimization, prejudice in all kinds of forms. According to Dr. Karoglian, these external stigma-related stressors disrupt general psychological processes like emotional coping and interpersonal functioning. And also internal stigma-related stressors like expecting rejection, identity concealment, internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia. And this leads to a range of mental health outcomes that are deleterious like addictions and general poor self-care. Although substance abuse treatment can be an uphill battle, the doctor says the combination of a healthcare-engaged population and new treatments offers some hope. Well, there's data to suggest that LGBT people are more likely to seek out mental health and addiction services than the general population, which is great. That This seems to be a particularly engaged population when it comes to care. And there are a lot of great treatment approaches coming online that really target these underlying minority stress cognitions. Target this internalized homophobia and transphobia that often is driving addictions, which are a way to cope with chronic distress related to pervasive discrimination and other societal problems that LGBT people face. I would say the combination of working with a population that's particularly ready to engage in care and where treatments are coming online that recognize and target these minority stress underpinnings of the higher prevalence of addictions in LGBT people are excellent opportunities to engage the population in care and improve outcomes. And Fenway is a health center leading the way not only in LGBT-focused health care, but also in integrated behavioral health. At Fenway, we have a behavioral health department that's very robust. We have approximately 60 therapists who are social workers, which is as as large as I've heard of at any health center of our size. And within that department, there are eight psychiatrists who work with the therapists. We're very integrated as a patient-centered medical home model with primary care. And our substance abuse treatment program is housed within the behavioral health department. Their substance abuse treatment program sees approximately 230 patients a year. We have a substance abuse treatment program 
that offers intensive group therapy and is tailored to address uh, minority stress. And there's a lot of solidarity and affirmation among participants who are from the LGBT community who can name these societal stigma-related stressors and uh, try to unpackage them and develop resilience in response to them. And as a result of that, develop better coping skills that can lead to improvements in substance use disorders. The doctor says Fenway is exploring moving more towards a harm reduction model to prevent high fatality risks and overdoses. Harm reduction is a widely used public health term, and this is the idea of moving away from the approach we used to take with high-risk behaviors such as addictions, where it was very all or nothing. People had to stay completely sober or they were using, and that was kind of a contingency around getting care and getting treatment. We've learned through evidence over the years that patients do better when it's a model that just focuses on reducing risk and enhancing their motivation to reduce those high-risk behaviors and decrease substance use behaviors, for example. So we're shifting to a more public health-driven model that's less all-or-nothing, where it's more about keeping people safe and meeting them where they're at and enhancing their motivation to change their behavior, reduce risky substance use, and improve self-care. An example of Fenway's non-traditional treatments for substance abuse includes an acupuncture program. Dr. Karoglian says although there isn't much research on non-Western treatment approaches, their patient response seems to indicate that the acupuncture program offers some relief. We get terrific responses from patients, particularly ones who have just recently become sober, maybe just recently detoxed, and it seems to be a way to relieve a lot of distress, and people find it relaxing and a more adaptive way to cope with the challenges that come up in their life. But more traditional types of programs can also help patients cope with substance abuse. I would say good old-fashioned AA and NA or smart recovery tend to be extremely effective. The evidence suggests that having a sponsor to help you remain sober is very effective and tends to be, in many cases, a determining factor in, in terms of being able to sustain sobriety. So. Those are available throughout the country, I'd say Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and finding a sponsor within that is a terrific way to complement the care you're getting at a health center. It's not just about finding the right treatment, it's also about understanding the LGBT community and the challenges they may face. I would say developing a basic familiarity with concepts and terminology related to sexual orientation and gender identity will go a long way. If you understand the population, understand how people identify themselves and why these identities are so meaningful to people, if you understand the struggles that people are facing out in the world when they leave your office and in their day-to-day lives, the struggles that they've experienced with their families growing up and maybe have had to leave in order to build a safe uh, community and life for themselves, then you're going to be able to provide much more empathetic care for the population. A good starting point would be on our website at the National LGBT Health Education Center, which is at Fenway Health. We have a glossary of concepts and terminology related to sexual orientation and gender identity. So when your patients describe themselves or their behavior or tell you about their identity, you have more of a framework for what they mean, and you may be more prepared to have these conversations with them. Beyond that, infusing an appreciation of minority stress and the challenges that come with 
being part of a marginalized, vulnerable minority group will help you better conceptualize what's driving a lot of these coping behaviors with substances, and you'll be able to have more informed, targeted conversations with your patients that way. I want to thank Alex for joining us on our podcast today. Make sure to check out the National LGBT Health Education Center at Fenway at lgbthealtheducation.org. Have comments, questions, or a story to share? Email communications at nac.org. Want to keep up with the latest on Health Center news? Follow us on Twitter at NACHC. Thanks for listening. Music by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com.